In a world that's falling further into chaos and disorder day after day. A world devoid of masculinity. A world where the most basic tenets of reality have come into question. A world where masculinity is deemed toxic and men and women are at war with each other. It's clearer now more than ever that we need a return of strong men and a remembering of what it means to be a man. A revival of common sense. A revival of the union between men and women. A revival of the masculine spirit in men. This is the Masculine Revival Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode number 28 of the Masculine Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Schmidt, and today I'm joined by my co-host, none other than the infamous Michael Pantile. Let's Michael, go, how bro. you doing today? I'm doing really well, man. I got, uh, as you know, we've been talking uh, before we hit record. There's a lot of energy and buzz around this topic, a lot of uh, drama around this topic right now. So I'm stoked to get into it. Right. So I was at your house for your uh, 31st birthday on Sunday, and I asked your two-year-old daughter what your name was. And she's, she looked at you and looked at me and then looked back at you and pointed to you and said, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and she's now saying our last name. And even she can't say it properly. Right. She goes, Amadea Pantale. So there's another name for the, there you go. the directory yeah. of right Mike's down. meme last names. <laughs> okay, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the red pill. So the ins and outs of the red pill. And we've we've kind of had this on the agenda for quite a while. We've wanted to talk about this for quite a while. But right now, there's a, a Twitter war going on between Christians and red pill influencer guru types so we figured it was the perfect time to actually really dive into it so what we're going to do today is we're going to discuss what the red pill is and we're going to talk about if there's any positive aspects to the red pill and then we're going to share seven reasons why we think that men must ultimately avoid the red pill so mike anything you want to say about all the twitter stuff going on right now before we get started it's just insane to me i'm relatively new to twitter and we were talking about this when we were you're at my house there's a razor thin line. That's a unique uh, platform and that there's a razor thin line between social media and real life with Twitter. So people are just a step away from getting onto a debate or a spaces and really talking about this openly. I haven't ever seen beef pop off on Instagram like this before. And it's crazy. It's taken off like absolute wild uh, fire race recently. So, I mean, just makes sense. We're, we're, we're covering this and this all started shout out to chase sovereign bra on Twitter. He, he, um, posted a video of him talking about how you know um you know men are just as at fault for women being promiscuous because essentially we're creating promiscuous women by being homemakers and then from there a bunch of the red pill guys rollo myron from fresh and fit started to you know repost it and it's turned into a full-on war so just makes sense recovering it and what he said was completely valid yep it was completely valid so anyways this is this is a really important topic and i don't know if like the average listener is going to really understand how important this is because the red pill is such a pervasive ideology. Yep. There, there are millions of young men that believe the teachings of the red pill, which we're going to get into a little bit later, but um, yeah, this is, this needs to be talked about from a, a nuanced perspective. So let's, let's just get rolling. Let's go. Okay. So we were talking about this before, Mike, how would you define what the red pill is? Yeah, we were, it's, it's kind of funny because it seems so obvious, but really, if you were to just kind of boil it down to its key components, it's uncovering the hidden truths of female nature and their sexual strategy. 
Right. So un- uncovering the hidden truth about female nature that the average person doesn't know. Yep. And I guess the idea is that through that hidden truth, men can protect themselves from the worst aspects of female nature. That sounds bang on. Right. I mean, we joke around it being somewhat like feminism uh, for men, but what the red pill, I guess, is a little bit more positive than than feminism. And fe- feminism doesn't talk to women about how to be women. There's an aspect to the red pill about not only just uncovering the truths about you know female nature, but also how sort of to take ownership of your life and how to navigate the sexual marketplace as a man. Again, but the only perspective that it, it comes at this from is the biological perspective. It's right. essentially treating us like we're just products of evolution and not spiritual beings so i guess you could say also so the red pill is a response to a gynocentric feminist world yes and it's training men how to become hot quote-unquote high value yep so that they can win the game with women rather than becoming victims of women of divorce of divorce courts the whole idea is like here guys here's how to not get screwed over by women that's that's you put it perfectly man right Pretty like much. let's it, it it's kind of like women are women have this vicious female na- nature that's kind of like right under the surface and nobody else talks about it other than the red pillars and we need to know about it so we don't get screwed over that that's i mean that's really all i can say about it i guess well that that's it and there's also just this belief that women are fundamentally inferior though these guys that are in that space will overtly and explicitly say stuff like this they need to be treated like children because they're ins- enslaved to their nature and we need to learn how to navigate that nature and then also learn how to navigate dating so we don't get put through the divorce meat grinder right so i think within that too it's kind of like this idea that it's a man's job to always you know invoke desire in her at all times and like you need to always be exciting and mysterious and uh be be this high value man and if the second that you stop doing that that's when she cheats she loses interest she screws you over she files for divorce she takes half of what you own do you think that's fair? That's pretty much it. But I've seen the narrative shift a lot over the years. I was involved in that sort of sphere in like 2013, 2014. And there were like relationships, red pill, quote unquote, monogamous relationships. But really, it's honestly shifted completely away from that to don't be monogamous at all. Just enjoy the decline, constantly spin plates, aka see multiple women at once and sort of churn them out when they become too attached and never, ever settle down. It's weird how it's changed. There's some guys that are married in the space, but it's rare. Right. Hopefully that gives an idea about what we're talking about with what the red pill is. And then next up, let's talk about positive aspects of it. First of all, are are there any positive aspects to it? I think you and I were talking about this before we hit record. I think the positive aspects are overstated because all they are are like these very basic carnal level biological truths. And on the flip side, you could say a lot about male biology the fact that we have a million plus million whatever sperm and that we're built to quote unquote you know spread our seed and have tons of offspring you're like yeah that's a biological argument but it's kind of like a shallow truth we're on the flip side you know women the idea of hypergamy them always you know they're always going to branch swing or always want to branch swing to a quote unquote higher value man because of their nature and the way that they're wired yeah i would say you know no movement starts out of nowhere I think there's a reason that the red pill movement started. And I think part of it is that the church has been so impotent in regards to women and their sin. 
like women can't sin. It's always men that lead women into sin. It's like, if men could just be better, women wouldn't sin at all. Mm -hmm. And there's all these like really feministic ideas floating around. And then the red pill is almost like an overcorrection to the other side where it's like, uh, women can't help themselves, but sin. And you need to protect yourself from that by avoiding them or just extracting sex from them. Yeah, that's very well said. And I think I, I it's time to be done with all these truths are in the Bible, bro. Just look to the Bible. It's shallow. We need to spell this out for men because clearly it hasn't been spelled out enough because the church has failed. Feminist feminism has infected the church and, and, and the, 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 the sermons that are, that are preached often. There's mm -hmm. this avoidance of female sin female nature. There's just a uh, avoidance of the topic of how to actually court and be a strong man in marriage and the topic of submission and true patriarchy. So it, it's, it's the job of guys like you and me that can really take these things and, and really spell it out for the layman out there like ourselves to properly understand it. Cause it didn't come out of nowhere. I think that the positive aspect as well is that it's good to be aware of the worst aspect of a woman for sure. Right. It's not good to be I think there are some guys that are so overly romantic mm. that they end up, they do end up getting screwed over, right? It's like, oh, I love her so much. And it's this very simpish, nice guy, cucked kind of energy. And they end up, you know, they, they end up, yeah, they, they lose because they're just so overly romantic. And to actually be aware of the fact that, you know, you can get screwed over. Things can go bad in, in a relationship. If you're not careful and mindful about who you marry, yeah. I mean, it can be, it can be disastrous. Right. And I think, I think that's an important conversation. It's just the conclusion of what the red pill says that men should do to deal with that is where we don't agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, and it, I've heard this said a lot is like the diagnosis are often correct. It's the prescriptions that are degenerate, mm -hmm. but I think it's time we get away from like, okay, what do we get? What do we agree? We, what do we agree with? Because these, these men are not our friends. We want to get them to our side. Mm -hmm. We ultimately have to found all these, these things on the Bible. And in, instead of like, okay, yeah, man, you guys got this this thing right. We got this thing right over here. It's like, no, there's either the fullness of the truth, the whole truth, or it's just a lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, where I'm at. Ultimately, it's it's based on nothing, yeah. right? And it's so that the positive is it's very, very minimal and it fizzles, fizzles out very quickly. Yeah. I mean, if that's it in terms of the positive, that's all we're, all we're giving them. <laughs> that's all we're giving them. I think that's all they deserve, really. Okay. So let's get into it then. So reasons why men must ultimately avoid the red pill. So we came up with seven and we'll, we'll kind of jam on and dissect each one as we go. So the first one is the red pill produces bad fruit. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, if you look at what these guys are talking about, uh, spinning plates and dread game and mm -hmm. um, racking up your notch count. So <clears throat> Myron, uh, Myron from Fresh and Fit, he's one of the sort of foremost red pill influencers in the space right now. He's got the biggest podcast and his criteria, this is when you should get married. 35 years old making six figures, six months in savings, but have 50 plus women under your your your, your belt. Right. And so you can get behind two of those points, but the rest completely taints it. It's like you're taking this jug of water and you drop like a speck of feces in it. It's like, well, the whole thing's tainted. Like what 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 is it what does it amount to? Yeah. And if you if you follow it to its logical end, it's like, okay, so if all men go out and kind of adhere to that ideology, what does the world look like then? Mm. Right? It's we're going to talk about this in, in particular, but to say that, you know, a woman is completely tarnished and beyond salvation if she's not a virgin and then encourage men to go out and sleep with 50 women. How does that exactly play out in a, in any sort of a positive future whatsoever? And that's what, that's the thing about what these guys say is that it's bad fruit because there's no hope. 
right? It's completely nihilistic. It's dark. It's a doomer mindset. It's like the ship is sinking. The culture is burning. You might as well get yours while the world goes to shit. Yep. And you know, it's ultimately a self-perpetuating cycle because the top 10% of men kind of get their pick of the litter. And, but then what happens is that those, that bottom 50% of women that these men are just using think that now because they've had sex with the quote unquote Chad, that that's what they want. They're never going to settle for the regular guy that could be a really good man as well. So it's like now they're in, they're, their standards are inflated. You get these guys at the top that are that are sort of abusing their powers, so to speak, showing no temperance, no restraint. And then there's this huge subset of men, 70% of men, you would say, or more, that are like, man, where do we fit in this whole thing? These women only want these top 10% guys. These top 10% guys are just churning them out. And of course, like that lends itself to a doomer mindset. What do you do? But it's like, you don't just go with it because we live in a gynocentric world order. We're just going to bend the need of feminism because it's so bad. It's like, well, we've got to fix this over generations. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like ultimate effeminacy in a lot of ways, right? It's like, okay, well, the feminist culture is ruining everything. So we might as well just get ours while the world burns rather than yeah. actually like to me be, being a man in the face of that is to kind of like look look into the darkness and the evil of the world and how twisted and corrupt it is and how wrong things are going and to do right anyways to be to be a light in a fallen world rather than just say okay well screw it it's all going to shit i might as well get mine yeah absolutely and so in, there was a conversation on the twitter spaces that we had last night and that was well what about those 70 percent of guys that don't want those unmarriageable women it's like well okay first of all let's define what unmarriageable means because if most guys have this idealized fantasy land version of they all want a virgin or they deserve a virgin, well, guys are going to be waiting for a long time. Now, what we're not saying as men, and we were talking about this before we hit record, is we're not saying, hey, just man up and marry those you know, promiscuous women. We're not saying that. But if that's what you're waiting for, it's, it's an unrealistic expectation. And so we've been shown grace. And if we've repented, don't you think that we deserve a chance? I mean, my wife gave me a chance despite my past. I repented. She showed me grace. Why should we not extend that grace? Yeah. Now, sorry, go ahead. Well, I think, you know, I think that sexual promiscuity, I would probably make a case for the fact that um, it harms women more than men. Mm -hmm. Just just by virtue of the fact that it's, it's happening inside of a woman's body. Exactly. Right? So I think that there is probably more of a negative impact to women than there are to men. And there's no grace in the red pill ideology. Right. It's like if a woman sleeps around, that's it. She's a hoe forever. There's nothing she can do to change it. She's unmarriageable forever. And let's just have millions of women that are single being cat ladies and extract sex from them. And that's it. Like that's that's what we're talking about. Bad fruit. Right. It's pl play out applying this advice and then think about the world. If men were actually all collectively doing this, is it a better future or is it worse? Right. And to your point about. You know, these guys always say this whole thing about like, oh, these trad con, tra traditional conservative men, uh, they're just saying, oh, we need to go save a hoe. Right? Like, no, that's not what we're not saying, like, go find some obese woman and wife her up, bro, and just deal with it to save the Western world. You, you should still be discerning about who you marry. I think what I'm trying to get across is that there are still marriageable women out there. There are still good, virtuous women out there that are worth marrying. Like but that are not necessarily virgins. No, exactly. And it's like, and that's the thing that these guys don't understand is like redemption, right? Yeah. It's that 
you can fall and be redeemed. And I think what what they're saying is that women will often play that as like a, a BS card. It's like you, you, you know, you live like a hoe your whole life and you hit 35 and you go, oh, I'm a Christian now. And it's all just a mask that you're wearing to, you know, to try to hopefully find a marriageable man before it's too late. That's kind of how they represent it, right? That's exactly how they represent it. Well, my, my question is, is like, okay, a woman comes to Christ at 25, 28, 30, 35. Who are you to speak to her heart? about what she, what experience she's actually changed. But the problem is, is that where this conversation gets lost is we're kind of talking at each other, right? Because we understand repentance, forgiveness, grace, redemption, believing the gospel. And the fact that, you know, Christ didn't just uh, uh, walk out of the empty tomb to flex on us. He didn't die on that cross for no reason. So it's like, okay, I understand where they're coming from. All of a sudden they're post- quote unquote wall post most fertile years and now they've realized it it's like well you know sometimes it plays out that way and it's false but i just think there's a lot of people making these like declarative statements that they're completely baseless it's like look at your own heart first right get, get the speck out of your own eye first but again we're talking at each other because we're operating from a different place well and look at look at you and i man that's why it's so interesting that we're doing this podcast and we're even having this conversation from this we're arguing this christ pill christian angle to the red pill, which is very interesting. Cause like, I mean, I know both of us, we lived like total and complete degenerates through our, through our twenties. Yep. Right. And like, I was lost in sexual sin, Lo completely given over to it. Right. Yep. And I look, I look back at that time and it's like, man, it was horrible. Right. And to now be married, a Christian, a husband and a father building a household that has to be the way because what I was doing before it was like I was I was just in dark I look back at it, I was just in darkness how is that good how can you advocate for that well that's it it's like that's why the the, the question is or the statement is show me the fruits of your life mm -hmm. and we're not talking about a Bugatti or a Rolex <laughs> do yeah. you have children that love you do you have a wife that loves you that is dedicated to you are you producing offspring that go on to pass on your example or, or live according to the example that you've set now that's legacy well, on, I mean, even further than that too, it's like, what is the disposition of these men? Because right. to me, I see bitterness, I see anger, I see resentment, I see hostility, I see nihilism. Mm -hmm. There's no hope. There's there's no light. Like that. That's kind of the that's kind of the perspective, right? It's like things are never going to change. Just deal with it. That that that's fruit. And it's fundamental. Yeah, and it's self centered. It's self centered living with no acknowledgement of what consequences we could bring the following generation i know i said this on the spaces i said it before we got on is that a man does not get to sit in the shade of the tree that he's planted so this grace piece of not all of us looking at ourselves and saying hey listen we've got to show some grace doesn't mean that we marry only fans models but we have to show some grace if a woman's not a perfect virgin same thing the flip side of a man's not a perfect virgin because the way that we correct it the way christendom cor corrects it is by not just going out and getting married i'm like obviously show some discernment guys because people are going to twist this out of proportion but get married have children teach them the right examples so two three generations from now there's a society of people that honor their chastities both chastity both men and, and women upholding virtue exactly and like that's the whole thing with our kids right it's like you and i went through what we went through hopefully through now having an ordered christian household marriage we can show our kids and they can avoid the pitfalls that we fell into ourselves. Amen. Okay. So does that cover bad fruit and the red pill? I would say it effectively does. Okay. So second reason men must ultimately avoid the red pill. The red pill dissuades men from becoming husbands and fathers. Oh yeah, dude. It's an overemphasis on the divorce courts and no fault divorce and stuff, which I, I, I can see why 
I can, they obviously have a very strong point. I, I think there needs to be this going back to just having a church or a church marriage that has nothing to do um, with the government. So it does dissuade men from getting into that holy marital union. So I can understand where they're coming from, from, from one perspective, but again, it's ultimately a doomer mindset too. Would you say? Yeah. I mean, like what back in the day, wasn't it like a shame for a man to reach, you know, 35, 40, 45 years old and not be married Yep. and women too. Right. It was like, what it was like the, a, a great shame to walk around being, it's like, there's something wrong with you. Like you're kind of a reject. Right. And it's like, yep. nowadays it's like, it's glorified. Like the, 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 the glory, the glorious path for a man in the modern world, according to the red pill is to reach 40, 50, 60, 65, and just be a player, get paid, get laid, get six pack abs. Right. Yeah. And then this whole husband and father thing it's for cucks. <laughs> that's right. You know what? That's a good point. You know, shame in the modern age is, is, is a virtue. We need to kind of bring that back. Yeah, man. It's like there's men need to take on responsibility and that's mm -hmm. what being a husband and a father is. Right. I, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know why these guys are so against the idea of men taking on responsibility. They'll just go back to the divorce laws and that a mm -hmm. woman could just change her mind and ruin your life potentially. And I get where they're coming from. But again, and a lot of guys think this is being uh, oversimplified when I say this, men are built for risk and guys are going to say like, oh my God, oh my God, you, you just because we're built for risks, we're going to, dude, that's part of the game. We're image bearers of God. Just like you said, Brandon, on a few podcasts back, we're glory glorified. Don't you think there's going to be some heaviness that comes to wearing that crown on our heads? It's a very special, intimate uh, uh, relationship with God and responsibility that we have. And, you know, okay, go get married in a church. You're not going to be able to avoid common law. So what's the alternative, bro? Yeah. And I was literally just going to bring up risk as well, right? It's like in, in every era, men have faced challenges, adversity, risk. And to say, you know, I'm not going to risk the creation of life within the confines of a marriage because divorce court's bad. This doesn't just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, yeah, there's a there's a risk. Shit happens. Shit also doesn't happen sometimes too, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's just it. And but we we emphasize the point of going into courtship with a sober mind. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys are thinking with their peepees, getting into these relationships, wanting to get married to a woman that they shouldn't be yoked with, and no wonder. And no wonder they're 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 in shambles. They get divorced, but also too, it's like there's a lack of spiritual headship in homes. It's like how are you protecting your family? Are you praying over your wife? Are you praying with your wife? Are you are you taking that role seriously? Because isn't there there's that study that we found that um, couples that pray together are like one percent or less likely to get divorced? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, what what are men if they're not husbands and fathers? Cause I, I mean, I look, I just looking at my own life, I look back at my life bef before I was a husband and father, especially since becoming a father, actually. And I'm like, man, I was just a, I was just a boy. Right. I had no responsibility. I had like, just freedom to do whatever. And I thought that was awesome, but I, you're just spinning in the mud. And it's like, I, I have friends that they're 35 plus and they're single. And I, I look at them now and like, I look at the life that I'm building. I go like, what are you doing? Like what? what is your like what are you actually building in your life it's like you're okay you're working a job you're getting paid you live by yourself there, there's no actual building or creating right well that's it and you get the impression from a lot of these guys there's there's just a, a strong sense of immaturity mm -hmm. especially the single you know influencers in the space you're like you're 45 but you obviously haven't grown past 22 because there's something about marriage and fatherhood and i'm sorry like i don't really take the opinions of men seriously that don't have children 
they don't know what it's like. So all, all, all you are is just you're a modern day philosopher. That doesn't yeah, and I mean, you, you can you can get the theory, but then there, there's the practical application, right? And it's like, yeah, husband and father is it's a, it is a qualifier because to actually pull that off, to actually pull off building, maintaining, leading an ordered household, you you have to be you know you have to be um, walking your talk. It's easy to talk theory about husband and father, da 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 da, da and then it's another thing to actually like, hey, come into my house and see how my kids behave, how my relationship with my wife is, what's going on here within these walls, right? 100% well said, man. Okay, so that was number two. So number three, the red pill says women aren't worth committing to in our current society while encouraging men to be players and extract sex from women, women without committing to them. Well, this is what happens when you have a fundamental lack of God and fear of God in your heart, just like, Paul spoke about in the Romans, you're given over to these unnatural desires. And as a result, your mind becomes distorted, confused, and debased. So it's like on one hand, women are unmarriageable. And on the other hand, I'm going to go create unmarriageable women. Being the villain in my own story without actually villainizing myself and seeking repentance and being the change that I wish to see in society. I mean, it's so it's so retarded. When you actually think about it, it's so retarded. And that's where that viral clip from Chase came from was exactly that point. It's like homemakers. Okay, just because you're, okay, I understand there, there has to be some uh, sense of like tangible value a man has to have in order to uh, have all these options. But to me, on the flip side, if you're a man that is quote unquote high value, but you can't control your sexual desire, to me, that makes you low value. You have no temperance. There's no yeah. restraint. And it's just the ultimate. I think that this point is the ultimate contradiction in the red pill. The just yeah, they're, they're, the logic goes out the window, right? It's women aren't worth marrying, but then go and create more women that aren't worth marrying. Like go go forth, like hoes are the problem. If women weren't hoes, everything would be better. Go forth and create more hoes. <laughs> like what are we talking about here, bro? It's like that. It just makes absolutely no sense. It's like. How is that the person? How how do you address the problem that way? Create more of the. This is a problem. I'm going to build a career around talking about the problem. I'm I'm going to encourage men to go create more of the problem. It's a self perpetuating bullshit, is what it is. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> it's like these bunch of guys that are like they want their cake and eat it too, but they want to hate women. But their whole lives are centered around chasing them. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, I'm I'm so high value that I've won the game with women. Right. They don't affect me anymore, bro. I'm never going to get my heart broken. I'm so high value. And it's like, all you do is thinking about how to extract from women all day long and you pontificate and philosophize about it online into echo chambers. Well, that's just it. It's also like this pursuit of material wealth, just so you can access more women at higher levels of status. Yeah. We're like the, 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 the Christian patriarchs are, we're trying to attain wealth so we can provide for generations of our family. So they don't have to worry. Yeah. We are not the same, bro. I, I don't, I don't care about women so much. I'm going to base my entire life around trying to get sex from women. <laughs> and then just throwing your hands up in the air, like that Jay Waller clip in Isla Rose. He's like, you know, I spent my twenties trying to change myself. And you know, I just, I, I couldn't, it's like, yeah. Cause you're a little boy. Like your pee, -pee yeah. gives you a tingle and you have to touch it. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the red pill says that women aren't worth marrying, but then says men should go have sex with as many as possible. So what, would you and I kind of say about what the actual answer is for men? I, th I think it's what we've talked about before. It's monk or marriage, right? It's be celibate and commit to celibacy mm -hmm. 
and or get married. And I think for most men, I've I've never actually met a man with an authentic calling to kind of do the celibate for life thing, be single. I think the path is marriage. I think, I mean, it ultimately is the only path. I think guys should strive to be the guy that has the capability to have options and then choosing not to, because there's nothing virtuous about an incel that chooses to be celibate. Like you're involuntary celibate. That's what the name means. But yeah. me, a man that's high value enough to have these options and then just choosing one, that is the way the battle is won. Otherwise, like what is, what is the alternative? Paul talks about, you know, being a monk, but really that's like 0.01%. And those guys like in the MGTOW space, which is like a branch of the red pill, the men going their own way, the guys opting out, they're like, yeah, I'm monk. You're like, no, you're not monk. You're not. You, 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 you hate women. You masturbate. You watch pornography. You're a coomer. <laughs> yeah. You're a yeah. doomer coomer. That's what you are. Yeah. Doomer coomer consumer. Gotta get that on a t-shirt, bro. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else to say about that. Nope. So number four, the red pill teaches that women have zero ability to overcome the worst aspects of female nature. Modern women are beyond salvation. Ooh. So Jesus, you're, so what you're telling me is that Jesus rose from the dead, conquered hell, just so he could flex on us, right? But this is this is the problem, right? Is that <laughs> you bring up Jesus and they think that you're a joke. 100%. Because Jesus is a fairy tale and you're an idiot. So there's no real basis for what you just said in their minds. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like this whole masculinity conversation independent of Christ, it lead. this is where it leads, right? It's like, it, what is it based on? It's based on nothing. But when you bring Christ into it, you actually have this virtuous, moral, beautiful system. Well, the thing is though, they want to borrow from Christian values that were imprinted upon them without acknowledging it and walking the walk. So it's like, okay, guys, Myron, all you dudes, why is it bad if a woman's promiscuous? Why is the culture bad? If you think we came from fish or if you think we're just like specks of protoplasm, like colliding together, like, why is this bad? Why is culture? This is, this is great. It's just, it should just be like, like Will Nolan says, water falling from the sky, right? Yeah. The problem is, is they're borrowing from the Christian worldview while also spitting in its face and mm -hmm. not being self-aware enough to realize that's what they're doing. Yeah. Because they want marriage, but they, they want this utopia. Well, you know how we get back to that utopia? You know how we get back to Eden? Is by embracing temperance and embracing Christ. The salvation that only comes from him. These yeah. values we talk about, what makes a high-value man? Well, the ultimate high-value man. And I think, I think too, that they want, they want marriage in the sense that they want marriage and they want to tell themselves as well, which we're going to talk about later, that you, know, you, you can get married and if you're high value enough, you can cheat and have sex with as many women as you want on the side and your woman has to be okay with that because you're so high value. Well, yeah, that's, and that's a whole <laughs> different topic because they'll, they'll also pull from like the Old Testament where you know, Solomon had concubines and King David had, you know, and they don't understand that this was part of their downfall. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Anyways. That's yeah. So, I mean, the red pill teaches that women have zero ability to overcome the worst aspects of female nature. And then it says, okay, men go forth and meet the worst aspect of her female nature with the worst aspect of your male nature. Mm -hmm. So be a degenerate, get yours, do whatever you want, extract sex, be a player, manipulate course, anything you got to do to sleep with them. There, that's it. That's the solution. It's double-mindedness because in the other side of their mouth, they're talking about men being leaders. Okay, so you're just going to say that you're going to lead and you're going to pick and choose where you're going to lead. But in this aspect, you're just going to kind of take it and run with it. Like, what? what is it though? It's double-mindedness. Yeah. And you know, the thing that I guess 
I can just imagine these guys listening to this and thinking that we're just two Christian white knights, but yeah, we're simps, bro. In, in my in my line of work, you know, I've just there's this movement of women that are reclaiming this kind of godly, virtuous desire to be wives, mothers, and homemakers. Like you and I see it all the time. We get messages from women all the time, and there are so many women that have done it as well. Like yes. they were they were degenerate, they were lost, they were confused, they were misled by the culture, they had a failed family system, and now they've gone forth and they've created a beautiful family. They're they're you know in virtuous, glorious marriages. My wife and I are an example. You and your wife are an example. It's like it's actually happening right now as we speak. But then meanwhile, these guys say, you know, all women are going to succumb to their worst the worst part of their nature. You know, the second that you and I let our guard down, our wives are going to cheat on us. It's like, bro, we're living, we're living this reality where we, we fell, God saved us and we're living these new lives. Well, though, but the thing is they go back to, it's like, you know, your wife was probably just a reformed hoe. Like it's just, it goes back to ad hominem, lowbrow, teenage type of insults. Like, was your wife a virgin when you met her, bro? Ha ha. Gotcha. You're like, dude, okay. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to negate salvation and repentance and, and, and being part of a, a, a redemption story. What's encouraging to me is that many of the guys that have been in the brotherhood and, and coach with me are coming out of the fog of this. Yeah. And, and it's happening fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So praise God for that, man. And I think yeah. that's why it's, it's, this message is so important. That's such a great point, man. Cause I've, I see that too with guys in the brotherhood, giving their lives to Christ. I see yeah. guys getting married. I see guys having children. Right. And I see guys are saying no more of this nonsense. I'm going to take on responsibility. I'm going to be a, the best man that I can be. I'm going to be a man that is going to leave a legacy and do something positive. Yep. And yeah, the world's fallen. I'm going to do what's right anyways. That is the most masculine thing a man can do. Boom. Okay. So number five, the red pill encourages men to remain victims and leads men into further bitter bitterness and resentment. Well, it essentially is just uh let's just submit to feminism because they, because they beat us defeatist mentality. Right. I mean, the guy, Myron, again, mentioning him again, because this is where it kind of all started. He talks about it. Hey, listen, feminism has infected the culture so much. You either you either learn to play with the play the game or just get out. What does that tell you? Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because you've got that uh, Pearl Davis and she's built an entire career. We we're talking about this before. right? She's built a whole career around essentially what I see these red pill people doing is they point to the problem and they speak into the pain and the bitterness and the heartbreak the angst and the anger that men are feeling, right? It's like, it, it is a gynocentric feministic world. And there are a lot of men that have had negative experiences in that world. They've had their hearts broken. They've been cheated on. They've had relationships blow up in their face. So they go, they're all angry and upset. They don't know how to deal with it. They go online, they find some woman that's saying, oh yeah, you know, all women are hoes, all women are out to get you. And they go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to get mine, right? And that's that's the whole solution. That's it. There's, there's nowhere and else somehow there's nowhere to go past that. There isn't. And because it, Pearl, it's, it's, it's such a problem because she's a woman. So these guys are like fooled by it. Like, Oh, look at this woman. She's, she's awake to it. She's telling us the truth. It's like, she's absolutely producing nothing of value. It's a meaningless contribution to the uh, to, to the conversation. All it's doing is I wouldn't even, not even call it the red pill movement. It's the black pill movement because there's a dark satanic oh. energy around this whole movement. And you know, how many of these guys, man, it's like they had their hearts broken and then they yeah. built this ideology on top of this brokenheartedness and they're calling yeah. it wisdom, right? Yeah, They're so wise. They, they know things that you and I don't. It's like brokenhearted, anger, sad, despair. 
And then they, it's like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to make myself quote unquote high value on top of this broken heart. I'm never going to risk love again. I'm never going to risk putting my heart on the line ever again. I'm just going to break hearts. That's how I'm going to deal with the pain that I went through. And then it's just, and this is this big circle jerk, right? It's like, everybody's just, yeah. Hey, here are all the reasons to be bitter and resentful. I mean, it, that's it. Um, do any of these men strike you as confident or self-assured in any way? It's a, I mean, the false bravado can be pretty compelling, but it, it right. Like they, they can, I think that they can, they can really have the appearance of confidence. Cause I see right through Tate's bullshit. Well, I mean, you, you got to have a level of confidence on man to kind of face the world like he has. Sure. But I think that underneath that there's like this, yeah, with, with all these guys, it's like, there's this insecurity. Well, that's exactly what it is. You know, even, yeah. even a guy like Tate, like take your sunglasses off when you're inside doing an interview. <laughs> there's like these little tells that tell me you're like, yeah, you don't want to see people. You don't want people to see into the depths of your soul because yeah. you're living in a way that's incongruent with like what your spirit is telling you, the conviction. And mm -hmm. some of these guys in the space, namely and Rolla was all over Twitter, calling out Chase saying, Hey bro, just refer to me by name. So I'm going to refer to him by his name, telling him, telling everybody that he loves uh, the Lord, but won't declare that Christ is Lord and acts like an absolutely prepubescent angsty teenager on social media, a guy in his fifties and he's married with a daughter. Yeah. Do any of these guys strike you as secure? I mean, none of these dudes do really. Yeah. Tate is maybe the closest thing, but the machismo cool. and, and these little tells you're like, I see right through you, bro. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine being married and talking about marriage the way that he does. Right. So and instilling dread in his own wife and all this other dumb shit. It's just, it's so debased, man. Yeah. The, the, I guess. So back to like the victim, the whole victim bitterness resentment thing. That's just what I see. Right. I just see that it, these, these people, they speak to the, to the pain and then they affirm the pain and then that's it. It just stops there. There's nothing past that. There's no like, Hey man, I, I know you had your heart broken, but like you need to get back out there again and like try to do what's right and live a virtuous life. It's just like, no, you were, you were heartbroken. Therefore women bad, get yours. Yeah, you're in pain. So all you're doing is really just like you're just not just perpetuating your own pain, but you're just spreading it around. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Yeah. So create more 100%. pain. It's just projection. Yeah. All right. So number six, cheating is okay if you're a high value man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because you have the pick of the litter, because you so you've secured, okay, so first of all, actually, let's go back to this. Any woman, any good woman would never actually allow this to happen. Why? Because I was almost in this scenario with my wife when we first started dating. And she kind of looked at me and she goes, yeah, you know what? Uh, F this. You need to go destroy your life to realize what you've lost. I'm out. Yeah. And well, she walked away. Yeah. And I would, I would say too, though, that, you know, a woman that's deceived Cause these, these men could be like extremely convincing, Cunning. You're, you're right? Right. Yeah. right. And it's like, you can kind of deceive a woman into saying, Hey, Hey, you know what, babe, I'm a multi-million dollar man. Right. I'm the guy I'm him. <laughs> you're going to have to deal with the fact that, you know, I, I'm, I can't be satisfied with just one woman. So get, get with the program or get out. And right. some women are going to go, okay, like, look, I, I got, you know, he's making all this money, blah, 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 whatever status, all, all the things that come with that. They're not going to want to give that up. So they just deal with it, right? It's unfortunate. And this goes back to like, you know, men have to lead in this, upon this foundation of God. Otherwise it leads to this just perpetual, perpetual deception, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing high value about a man 
that can't commit to one woman. I don't care how much money or worldly success success that you have, because you can make a convincing argument that this is the way, right? I mean, I was in that position, not just biologically. I was in this position, not just with my wife, but with women before. And I fooled them into thinking this. Mm -hmm. You're exclusive to me, but I'm not exclusive to you because of X, Y, and Z reason. Yeah. And what, what does that, what is that, how does that accomplish anything positive? What, what is that actually doing? Yeah. And that's why we've talked a lot about the difference between trad and Christian and trad is just based on biology. And that's why it's a problem, right? Because you can absolutely make a biological case and say, you know, men are designed to spread their seed. Mm -hmm. Men are designed to get out there and just like have sex with whoever's available biologically. If you remove God from it, it kind of makes sense, right? It's like, yeah, but then, okay, well, the, then the Christian view comes in and it's like, okay, well, we're fallen creatures and we have these fleshly desires and they go against God's design for us. That a makes lot sense. Of these, for sure. And a lot of these men have children. I said, well, what kind of example are you setting for your children? I remember Jay Waller in that same interview said, I'm not snipping for my daughter. If a guy is going to treat her the way that I treat her mom, then as long as he's providing for her, he's good. Like what kind of a fallen human being do, do you have to be to actually follow that line of thinking? Yeah. You're not just perpetuating it in like your life, this pain and the life of the women that you're, 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 you're damaging, but the next generation and the generations to follow. Yeah. It is just a cycle that's self-perpetuating. Well, they, that, they, they justify it to themselves, right? It's just right. so self-centered, man. It's yeah. self-worship is what it is. Oh, it, absolutely. Cause it's like, I'm going to cheat on you and I'm going to make, I'm going to make that right. And you're going to like it because I'm going to give you so much stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to buy you a Louis Vuitton bag and a nice house. Yeah. But you're going to have to deal with that house being on the inside, like spiritually, completely tormented and void of anything good. Exactly. Okay, sell your soul. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so, I feel so sorry for these children, man. It, it, it honestly breaks my heart. I look at my daughters. And I'm like, I can't imagine being with another woman that isn't their mother. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it actually like pains me to even have that thought. Yeah. But that's because I fear God and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And these guys, what these guys think that they possess is enlightenment that only comes from the devil. Well said. (laughs) There's a tweet for you, bro. That's it. Done. (laughs) Mark that down. Yeah. Okay. So the last, the last reason that men should avoid the red pill. Number seven here is the red pill rejects God. Perfect segue and offers no real hope. Oh, it's completely hopeless. It's falling right into the hands of, 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 of Satan. Yeah. Don't, don't create life because the world's bad. It's anti-life. It's anti-Christian. It's anti-marriage. It's anti-virtue. It's anti-literally the the 10 commandments, starting yeah. with the first one, yeah. love and honor your God with your heart and your, your mind and your soul. Like, come on, like you, you violate that first commandment. Like you're done, dude. Yeah. You're done. The thing is, these guys don't understand that they're going to have to answer for all the stuff that they're doing. And this is why, and like to kind of bring this around a little bit, it's not just about dunking on the red pill. I genuinely believe that Tate, Rolo, Myron, all of these men could be weapons for the kingdom of heaven. Oh, for sure. And I want to see them gain that salvation. So they're not acting like such reprobates with this potentially terminally spiritual condition because God can right every wrong. Mm-hmm. But th- this is the, the the two things that they don't understand is repent and believe the gospel. It's that repentance piece. It's like pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And I want to see them come around. I don't want to just sit here and just bash them over the head with the Bible. It's like, yo, come, let's sit at the same table. Let's have this discussion and come around. Experience yeah. what we're experiencing. Because at the, at the heart of it, I don't, 
it's become so far into a grift and a moneymaker for them. I think they've also just confused it for themselves. Oh, for sure. I mean, to, to change direction now would be to, you know, blow up your business. Like maybe, maybe you lose fame, notoriety, fans, all, all yep. the things, all the things that come with, you know, the success that you've had, you have to be willing to lay that all down. Right. And you don't know what the future is going to entail. If you actually make a pivot like that. Um, I think so the red pill rejects God and offers no real hope. I would say that there is actually the hope in the red pill perspective is actually in becoming a high value man. Like that's, right. that's your God. That's what you worship, right? It's like, I'm going to save myself from the, the terrors of feminism by becoming a high value man. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get paid. I'm going to be the man. And then everything's going to be okay. I'm going to insulate myself from all the horrors. I'm, I'm just going to extract pleasure and live my life for myself. That's my salvation. St. Paul says, professing to be wise, they became fools. And that's exactly what you're seeing play out in mass is like this, this confusion and this, this blatant ignorance of the fact that we as humans are built for infinity. We're built for worship and we're all, we're all kneeling at the altar of something. Mm -hmm. You better choose the right something, right? Cause it'll choose you. And that'll be the altar of self. And that's where, that's where Satan's kingdom lies. Yeah. It's this false enlightenment, this false deception. And Again, so I think, and, and the devil knows this, God's already won. God's sitting on his throne, looking at the world, like everybody's fallen, but he's no, he's he's overcome the battle. Satan's just trying to take as many souls down with him as possible because he knows it's over, bro. It's right. so over for Satan, bro. It's so, it's so over. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and if you're a Christian, or if you're thinking about it, man, we're so back. This is the beginning, right? Yeah. That's why it's so important to speak this message. But don't you think, kind of like bringing this kind of all together, how do we have this reasonable conversation with the other side? Is it just because I'm I'm starting to think about this too? The more that we kind of engage in this, I call it the culture war crusades. Anytime these guys make a post, do we just infect the comments? Not infect, but fill the comments with the Bible and with scripture and with speaking against it? How do you win? Besides going out there and making children and leading virtuous marriages, which is the the biggest way one influences a culture. Yeah. What else can we do? That's a really good question. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I got to say that I, I, in some ways, I question the the doing battle aspect. I wonder right. how effective it will be. I think it it's effective in the sense that like it's going to be effective for the men and women that are in the middle, not mm -hmm. for the guys that are actually spouting off the message themselves. Um, and I wonder how much of it is just like letting evil destroy evil, right? Where it's like these guys are on a destructive path. The end is destruction. Do we even need to intercede, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, it's, it's a tough one, right? It's like, do you kind of just let it, let it play out and let it destroy itself? Or do you kind of interject yourself and say, Hey, here's the truth. I think, I mean, we're, we're called to share the gospel. And we're called to defend the faith and have a defense of the faith when, when you're in those positions. Right. But are we, are we defending it? Are we defending the faith or are we attacking with the faith? We're defending all that is good. Right. And I think, I think just laying by the wayside and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. is what Christians have done for so long. Right. I think that's why we're mocked, is that we're not in the arena having these discussions, mm -hmm. no matter how pro productive or unproductive they are. Because again, we are speaking to the men that are in the middle that are convinced maybe they want to go to Islam because Tate makes a good argument for Islam because it's strong. Yeah. Where are all the strong Christian men embodying that masculinity that comes from, from, from the Bible? Yeah. And let's just say, take Christ aside for a second, which is hard to do because that's the whole Bible. Moses, Abraham, St. Paul, King Solomon, 
St. James, all, all of these guys, did any of these men lack any masculinity whatsoever? Mm-hmm. No. All of them, all of them were dripping with virtue and masculinity. Mm. And so shouldn't we be living examples and testimonies of how the Holy Spirit has changed us and forging forward boldly professing the gospel like Paul did? So two two things. I think one, there's a temptation that I see in this whole masculinity movement to elevate manliness above Christ. Yes, for sure. Which for sure. is a that's a ditch. We can fall into yeah. that ditch, right? It's like uh it's about it's more about masculinity than it is about Christ himself, which yes. we don't want to do. So that's that's one thing. The other thing is I think that, that you are right though in terms of the boldness in terms of engaging with the culture. Because you know, look look at the conservative party in the US and everything, right? Republicans. And it's like yep. the constant backsliding, right? Where it's like, oh, uh, live and let live. Oh, it's it's just it's just gays. Oh, it's just transsexuals. Oh, they're just reading, you know, That's story stories to drag queens. It's like uh it just keeps on going, right? And it's like at some point we need to actually stand up and say enough is enough. No more. Like yeah. we're not going to give any more ground. Like this is evil, this is wrong and we're not going to move on it. Well, that's just it, right? It's like instead of just opting out and just letting evil eat itself, I think the the, the real danger with that is that evil is just going to infect more, um, you know, unsuspecting and gullible minds. Mm-hmm. So instead, I think it's important to be at the forefront of the quote unquote culture war. And I think you know part of it is kind of overinflated on social media. It's easy to think and, and imagine this is like the most important thing going on, but I think we all have a responsibility to profess. Christ and to proclaim Christ and to be the examples to people, not just in our day-to-day lives, but also on social media where these ideas are so pervasive and where they're more popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. We've got to make the faith more appealing, not in a worldly sense, but in a true sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we need to, we need to have men that actually stand up. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's part of the reason why men are so repulsed, have been so repulsed by Christianity is that there's just no, there are no masculine examples of what that can even look like. It's all you've, you've talked about like the sweater vest, wearing effeminate soy boy, nice guy, you know, like that, that's not, that's not going to, that's not compelling to men in any way. Yeah, exactly. Um, And like I said earlier, like let's not elevate masculinity above Christ himself. Right. So it's, it's, there's new, there's nuance to it for sure. I definitely agree though. We need to be bold and take a stand. And I mean, I I think that's what we're doing through this episode even. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. I think we're doing it through the podcast, through our content on Instagram and Twitter. Even if we're not directly fighting these people, uh, speaking the message that we are and growing our platforms, <laughs> excuse me, growing, you know, the brotherhood, uh, you know, my coaching kingdom-based ministry, the brotherhood has really become a ministry as well. That mm-hmm. That's another way we do it. Like the, the we, we were talking about this before too. The battlefront is not just on social media, in the comments, in these podcasts. In, it's, it's in our, you know, local men's groups in our churches. It's being the example in day-to-day life it's 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 producing content like this yeah there's there's multiple ways we can go about doing this for sure and i think every man should put his flag in the ground and and attack on one of these fronts right so let's let's kind of wrap this up and i guess what's the closing thought for maybe like a man that is you know has maybe had a foot or both feet in the red pill movement like how what, what would you say to that guy I would say to that guy, as a man that's lived lived that and that's done the sex six pack and six figures thing in in his in his in his twenties and you know up to mid twenties later twenties, and it's easy for me to say this, but 
guys, you have to look to the wisdom of the men that have already been there and have turned their lives around because it seems really, really, really appealing until you're in it and you're in the depths of the depravity and you're, you're really high on yourself. But what happens when you become high on yourself is that God brings you to your lowest point and you don't even realize that's God doing it. There's yeah. nothing that exists on the other side of that. And a lot of men, and I've seen it, it's sad, end up being late 30s, 40s, 50s, waking up out of this saying, wow, I wasted that much time listening to these guys. Mm -hmm. Look to the men whose lives you truly want to emulate. It's okay to admit that you want a wife and children. You want to commit, you want love from one woman. Because I would say that most of these men do, mm -hmm. but there's just so much pain and shame and and stuff they haven't addressed because of their ignorance and arrogance and pride that has made them refuse to acknowledge that, ignore that. That's okay. Go with that. Now, your answers lie in the text, in the Bible. And if you're unsure, reach out to somebody that knows better. Reach out to a man whose life you want to emulate, a Christian man. Become curious about these things. And if you're if you're there with a heart posture of curiosity, wanting to know and wanting God to reveal himself to you, he will. Right. Beautifully said, man. And I would say even further, you know, like you might actually not even have a desire to emulate a Christian man right now. You might not actually have a desire to, to, to be a husband and father, but maybe you have some sense that how you're living is wrong. Yeah. Like if in your quiet moments, when you're truly honest with yourself, you know, you lay your, lay your head down on the pillow at night and you just have this kind of grief in your spirit that you know that you're living the wrong way. Trust that. Ain't trust that. Thing, Listen to that. You're being convicted by your conscience. Listen to that. Don't ignore it. 100% dude that's well said yeah okay well we truly hope that this episode served you guys you know this is I think this has been really important and um, our hope as well with this one in particular is maybe you listened and you don't personally connect to what we talked about but if you know somebody that is struggling with this please send it to them that's it you know we don't ask you to you know, contribute to our businesses in any way. And that's okay. If you never do the fact that you're listening is truly a blessing to both of us. The only thing that we ask is just pay it forward. Uh, if this blessed you, or if you think it's going to bless somebody else. Yeah. Just like what Brendan said, just pay it forward. God bless you guys. All right. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the masculine revival podcast. Remember to leave us a five-star rating and a review if you enjoyed the show. And if you're a man that is in need of brotherhood and want to experience the life-changing results of having the counsel of strong men around you, you must join the Masculine Revival Brotherhood. Iron sharpens iron, and all men need brothers. Contact Masculine Revival on Instagram for more details. Or if you're interested in more of a one-on-one -on -one coaching environment, then I currently have spots open in my one-to-one -one men's mentorship. It is an extensive program that is geared towards making you a stronger, more virtuous man capable of fulfilling his potential. Contact me, Mike Pantile, via Instagram for more details. And if you want to share your thoughts on the episode, I encourage you to send one of us a DM. You can find our social media handles in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.